Hi, I'm Erica Keswin. Welcome to Left to Our Own Devices, a show that explores how to bring our human to work and to life. Because left to our own devices, we're not connecting. Today, we have a very special episode for you. One of the biggest issues that people are struggling with today is mental health, and it's only been exacerbated by COVID-19. So today we have two guests that will talk about how they and their organizations are doing something to help. My first guest is Allison Friedenson. Allison is the founder and CEO of Modern Health, a mental wellness platform that empowers employers to lead the charge in acknowledging that mental health is just as important as physical health. The platform offers employees a well-being assessment, personalized stress management support, an international network of certified coaches, and licensed therapists available in 35 languages to deliver wellness across a broad range of individual needs. It also focuses on destigmatizing coaching and therapy and increasing accessibility of mental health services for all. Founded in 2017, Modern Health incorporates evidence-based psychology principles and seamless technology to serve the needs of global companies like Pixar, Nextdoor, and many others. Prior to starting Modern Health, Allison held leadership roles, including health industry strategy consulting firm PwC, the change management practice at Kios, and Collective Health. She graduated from Johns Hopkins University with a degree in global environmental change and sustainability. She lives in San Francisco with her fiance, and Allison, we are so happy to have you here with us today. So Allison, I'm so happy to see you via Zoom anyway. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking about in preparing for this conversation with you and about modern health and about mental health is if I were to think about my own experience over the last couple of months, I guess I would describe it as one big emotional roller coaster. Every day is different. Every week is different. Um, I guess I'm curious on your end, just on a personal level, how how are you doing? How are you holding up? Yeah, no, I appreciate I appreciate you asking. Um it's funny, you know, or I guess maybe it's not funny, but it feels funny to talk about it now because I feel like when we first started the shelter in place, I was very much like, okay, I'm just going to operate the exact same way as I did pre-pandemic, going to have my schedule, set up my workstation, like it's all going to be fine, everything's going to be the same, we're going to just continue to be able to work the way that we did uh, prior to the shelter shelter um, in place. And I think that lasted for you know, about six weeks. And it got to a point where I literally could not tell the difference between Wednesday and Sunday and Friday and Thursday. And um, I remember sitting at my computer and I felt so bad. I, I couldn't complain to my team or my coworkers because I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm home. I've got a roof over my head. I have plenty of work to do. I have a job and um, I am in good health and, and I don't have kids. Like, what could I possibly be, you know, complaining about? Um, and that's when I, I realized this really is impacting everyone. And sitting at home, staring at our, our Zoom screen all day, you know, having our workstation set up next to our beds, um, all the things that, you know, were starting to happen in terms of us being tethered to technology before this pandemic. And then, of course, this just was, you know, exasperated it. And so it got to the point where, like, I was literally staring at my computer and I just could not get through writing an email. And so I said, screw it. I shut my computer. I went outside, I went for a run and I came back and I sat down and just kind of wrote this all out to my team and shared, you know, I didn't want to complain because of these things that I had mentioned. And that's why I'm so motivated to help people. That's why we're in this space. Like I'm so motivated to help other people and feel fortunate that we're in this position, but wow, this is starting to take a toll on me. I'm like, I need to figure out what to do to set myself up for success because this is, you know, it's not going away tomorrow. 
And um, it was in that moment where I realized this really does impact everyone in its own unique way. And it, and whether it's being home with kids without childcare or, you know, staring at a computer all day without having a break, or for those who are extroverted, you know, needing that social interaction or connection with other humans, um, it really does impact all of us and in, in our own unique ways. And I think it was, it took me being vulnerable and sharing that with my team for all of them to share and say, you know, it's impacting me as well. Like, here's the things that I'm doing um, to get through this time. But you know, all things considered, doing okay, but definitely, you know, getting used to the new normal. Yeah. Well, it's interesting what you're saying because I, I mean, what was the reaction to your team when you shared, when you came down and downloaded those thoughts and shared it with them? They were super appreciative. I mean, it was, it, it I think, you know, one thing that I've learned in this role is that leading with vulnerability really helps bring a team together. And it was me sharing all those things of like, here's why I wasn't complaining. I didn't want to seem like I, you know, was privileged and complaining, but here's the things that I'm going through. And like, man, this is tough. I feel like I can't, you know, I'm not as productive or I feel disconnected or I, you know, feel isolated. And people started to share their own experiences and their own thoughts. People thanked me. They sent me notes personally, you know, direct message me saying like, thank you so much for sharing that. I was feeling the same way, but didn't vocalize it for the same reasons you did. You know, I didn't want to seem like I was complaining, but gosh, I'm home, you know, with, with kids without childcare. And, you know, it's really difficult. Me and my significant other both work full time. And like, this is so much to juggle and handle. And like, it's really taking a toll on me. And so it created space for people to open up and talk about their own experiences. And I think that alone allowed us to say, okay, what can we do to support each other? We're all going through this now, like, what can we do? So as an example, for parents who are home without childcare, let's be flexible with our schedules. Let's have one-on-ones at 7 p.m. after you put your kids to bed. Like, let's assume that during the day, if you're, you know, out of pocket or we give you a call, like you're not at your computer, you're watching your kids who are running around outside because they, you know, don't have, they're not able to, to get out. Um, and, and socialize with other kids. And so I think it took that step for everyone else to open up and then start to figure out, okay, how can we support each other through this time? Mm-hmm. Well, a couple a couple responses to that. I mean, as you know, my book is called Bring Your Human to Work. And the first chapter is called Be Real, Speak in a Human Voice. And th- I mean, that's what you did in that moment. And as we know, that's not only good for people, good for individuals, but, but it has a, an impact on your business. And that's really what we're I mean, we're talking about both. And so if you hadn't led with, I'm hesitant to talk about this, but I'm going to be open and be vulnerable, that then led to everybody else opening up and sharing the same, which then led to conversations about, well, maybe we can change and be more flexible about when and where and how we work, which ultimately, again, is makes them better at home, whether they have kids, elderly parents, or whatever they have going on, but but also has a bottom line impact. So I love that story because it's exactly why I why I wrote the book, that bringing your human to work is good for good for people, great for business, and just might change the world. So, so thank you for sharing that. And I think it's a lot, you know, the listeners can learn from that and to think about doing what you just did, not just in moments of crisis, but to try to make that as a as a leadership principle or something as they, that they do, you know, go, going forward. So, so I guess my, my second question is that you are, you know, on, when we talk about mental health, you're clearly on the front lines, right? You have your finger on the pulse of what is going on, what your companies and clients are doing in terms of supporting their own employees with mental health. You know, what would you say is the same and what has changed in terms of the, the current state of, of people's mental health? sort of pre and, you know, not even post COVID, but what, what we're dealing with right now. 
Yep. Yeah, for sure. So I think, I mean, first and foremost, we're definitely seeing a massive spike in people engage, wanting to engage in their mental health and well-being. I think one thing that what what is happening in the world has done is it's created a level playing field for everyone as it relates to their mental health. Pre-pandemic, not as many people spoke spoke out openly about struggling with stress or anxiety or depression, right? But now everyone is being impacted by this, whether it's being being home in isolation, being home with kids without childcare, uh, financial stress, maybe career, you know, job stability, right? All these things that are impacting everyone. So now everyone is is being more vocal about, wow, this is impacting my mental health, and so they feel more open to talk about it and engage. And so since um, you know our since the lockdown, we've seen a fifty six percent increase in the number of activities that the average user is doing on our platform. So a massive increase, and that's just continuing to go up every single month. Um, most of our users are requesting support around stress and anxiety, but then after that, we're seeing it around work performance. So as you can imagine, people are at home working in isolation relationships. People are either now in isolation and dealing with loneliness or are forced at home with their families who they're needing to spend every waking moment with and figuring out how to navigate that. Um, you know, my, my sister um, has three kids under six years old. Her and her husband both work full time um, in financial services. and you know, I think the first couple of weeks they were getting the hang of it. And now it's been months and they're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, this is really hard. How are we going to get through this? You know, both are very um, dedicated to their careers. And she even considered like, should I take a step back for my career right now? Like, this is so incredibly difficult. So it's just starting to impact everyone's mental health. Um, and of course, around uh, stress, anxiety, but also work performance relationships, healthy lifestyles, right? Like staring at a computer screen all day. Um, and then we're seeing requests around mindfulness meditation. So a spike in, in users using our meditation or audio therapy, things like that. Um, so definitely seeing an increase. I think one thing that's interesting to think about, if we think about, you know, one of the reasons that we started Modern Health was that the way in which the, the way in which we work is different. You know, not that long ago we didn't have cell phones. It's kind of crazy to think about that, you know, not that long ago we we didn't have, you know, laptops at home. People would work nine to five and they'd go home and focus on their families. And, you know, even if they wanted to, to connect um, over email, they couldn't. And then um, pretty quickly came computers and cell phones and being tethered to technology. And if you think about the rate at which civilization has progressed and technology has advanced, and then you think about us as humans, we as humans look pretty much the same as we did hundreds of thousands of years ago. So we actually haven't kept up at the rate that technology has advanced. And so even before this whole pandemic hit, the way that we were working was very different. And we were trying to figure out how can we thrive in this world where we have all of the benefits of technology, but also protect ourselves and give ourselves the tools to be resilient to you know, other things that can happen from technology, which is you know, feeling jealousy, sadness, and happiness in a matter of 30 seconds by scrolling through your phone on a social media app or through your email, right? We weren't um, we haven't been designed to be able to to build resilience through that. We haven't created new neural pathways to be resilient to those feelings. Then add this pandemic, we're here now forced, you know, you're, you're at home, you're literally next to your workstation, you sleep next to it. And so all of those issues we were dealing with pre-pandemic has been exasperated. And then add, you know, the impact of social media and seeing, you know, um, very traumatizing things online every single day. And so all of this is impacting our mental health. And I think if anything, all the things that are happening are just exasperating some of the issues that we were seeing before and the trends that we were seeing before. So what this has done is not only caused more people to speak up about it and speak up about their sharing their own personal experiences, being vulnerable, sharing how it is impacting their work, 
Um, but going to their employer and saying, I need help or I need support or I can't do the work right now. Like I need to go on leave. Um, the number one cause of disability worldwide right now is mental health issues like depression. It's the number one reason people um, take, take a leave of absence from work. And so all of this has really caused employers to prioritize mental health more than they ever have been before, um, which, you know, is, if anything, it's good to see. Yeah. yeah, it's a benefit for all of us. You know, I, I think and often talk about finding the sweet spot between tech and connect. So how do we leverage all that's amazing about technology? You know, to your point, we're now working from home. We do have laptops. We can actually get our jobs done from home. For people that are living alone, you can FaceTime and see your grandchildren or your friends. I mean, I have three teenagers and they, they the depression is, is hard. They miss their friends. So leveraging these benefits of technology, but also then putting that technology in its place away and yeah. connecting with yourself or connecting with your family members on a on a deeper level. And so I, I I do I agree that there's this whole delineation between work and home is really exacerbated by the fact that we are not leaving our homes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your work is in your home. Your home is your work. Yeah, yeah or trying to figure out if you're married how to work in the same space as your, right. as your spouse. And, and, you know, to where you started this conversation, we are all dealing with this pandemic, but we're all dealing with it in different ways. And as a leader, as a CEO, you need to figure out ways to, to connect with people in a way, in terms of how they're dealing with it, meet them where they are and create those conversations. Because I think if you can have real conversations about mental health, lead with vulnerability, lead by example, you will reduce the chance that your teammates and colleagues are going to have to take a leave because they feel like they can work through these issues at work. And my sense, though, is that some of your, your, the companies that use modern health, I mean, are you seeing that that, that is one of the benefits of, of using this? Yes. Yes, 100%. I think one of the benefits of rolling modern out modern health out with the employers that we work with is actually about the change that happens on a cultural level for the company. So just by rolling out the product before people have even used it, people are going to their heads of people in HR just saying like, thank you so much for showing us one, that you care about us as people, but two, that you're creating a safe space for us to be vulnerable and to support each other during these difficult times. And so I really think that what's going to drive change is at the company-wide level. And it starts, it can be bottoms up or tops down, but it very much helps when you've got someone at the executive level sharing their own story and being vulnerable and saying, here's why we're investing in all of your mental health. You don't need to wait until you're in crisis mode or struggling with depression to engage in your mental well-being. We all go through things, whether it's financial stress, being a new manager, being a new parent, postpartum depression, right? All these different things that cause us stress and anxiety in our lives. Like those are opportunities to get support and to engage and get the tools that you need to be resilient. So when something like this massive pandemic happens, you've got the tools you need to get through it. Um, and I think that that's what we're seeing is really valuable. So give a short overview for the listeners who, who aren't as familiar with Modern Health. The company decides to roll it out and, and talk a little bit about just you know, how people are, quote unquote, triage to figure out, you know, what do you need depending on your issue? Because I do think it's important for listeners to understand that it doesn't, you don't have to be in crisis mode to get the benefits of the modern health product. Yep, totally. So the way that we think about mental health is on this spectrum from green to red, and we all fall somewhere on that spectrum, right? And it ebbs and flows at different points in our life. 
So you may be in the green, things are going well, you're cruising, you may be in the yellow, dealing with stress, maybe a, an acute event, loss of a loved one, this pandemic, or you may be in the red and dealing with more chronic clinical issues like depression, anxiety, and so forth. And the reality is it ebbs and flows at different points in our life. And the way that modern health works is the whole idea is that there's no one size fits all. So let's meet you where you're at at that point in your life. So once we partner with a company, so let's say a company says, okay, we're going to offer the modern health benefit to all of our employees. They'll typically offer it to their dependents as well. They'll roll out the app and then an employee will download the app. They'll take a quick assessment that's clinically validated to understand where their mental health is at. It's almost like a mental health well-being score. They'll tell us what they want to work on, whether again, it's relationships, might be more mindful, meditation, reducing stress, anxiety, um, financial stress. And based on that, we will put together a personalized plan for them. So it could be anything from connecting to a, a behavioral health coach who specializes in this specific area that they want to work on. If they're struggling with depression, we may connect them to a clinical psychologist. Maybe they don't want to talk to anyone and they want to engage in their own self-paced app, you know, app um, which is our digital content of meditations, audio therapy, and digital courses that are all evidence-based to help prevent things like depression. So depending on what that person's going through in that moment in time, we'll personalize that experience so that they can engage through all of this just directly through the app. So the coaching is virtual, the therapy is virtual, and of course, all of the digital content is in the app as well. And so someone might start out working with a therapist, they might work through that and graduate from therapy, then they might be working with a coach, maybe they decide they really want to focus on becoming more mindful and they're doing their own meditations. Um, wherever, whatever it is that they want to work on, we'll meet them where they're at and make sure that they get a personalized experience that is engaging for them. That's great. One of the, the one thing that you said, I want to go a little bit deeper on in terms of all of the issues that, that, you know, a range of issues that people can be dealing with right now. And one of the things you said is relationships. You know, what is your take on the impact of, of one's relationships on, on mental health? and healing. You know, this, this podcast is about honoring relationships. So I'm just curious as to your take on that professionally and personally. You know, it's interesting. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown and, you know, she often talks about the, the definition of authentic relationships as being vulnerable. And so I think one thing that um, we're seeing as it relates to mental health is that if someone has space where they can be vulnerable and share what's going on in their life and they feel like there's someone else, that they can trust, that they can share that with to work through it, that's incredibly powerful. And so one thing that we've learned um, by offering our benefit to employees and their dependents is the moment that someone gets connected to, whether it's a coach or a therapist, they might have a session with that individual where that individual doesn't even say anything, but because they've created a safe space to listen to what that other person is going through without any judgment and that person feels heard, creates so much value. We've had people leave those sessions saying, wow, that changed my life. And the person on the other end didn't even say anything. They just created a safe space for them to share what's going on. And I think what it's telling us is that we are all craving this human connection, but because we are so tethered to technology every single day, and we find most of our connections through things like Facebook or Instagram or even email, that it's so different than looking at someone in the eye and hearing their voice and sharing what's going on, right? Versus just texting someone, hey, here's what's going on. Like seeing the body language, seeing their face, hearing them, really like hearing them and seeing their face and looking them in the eye. That is something that no matter how much technology that we have, no matter how, how advanced technology gets, we, we as humans will always crave and is so, so important to you know, our happiness and, and fulfillment. And I think it goes back to, you know, if you've, if you've ever looked into or researched the blue zones, right? The areas in the world where people live the longest, the greatest predictor 
of longevity is feeling like you're part of a community. And it has nothing to do with how much money they make, what their careers are. It's that they live with their parents, their parents' parents. If someone were to get sick, everyone takes care of them. They all contribute to the community in some way. They feel like they have a purpose in that community and they feel like they can be vulnerable and taken care of and loved unconditionally. And you can't get that with technology. You can um, facilitate that with technology and that's what we're doing, but it just shows how important the human connection is. And it is just, it's the way that humans are wired. Right. And so it's important to to our fulfillment. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, you've seen the study that the impact of, of loneliness and isolation to your health equates to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And when I think about loneliness right now, I've spoken to people who are lonely if they are living alone. And there are people that feel unbelievably lonely and isolated living at home during this pandemic with with five other people in their homes. Right. And so I do. I think it's it's just interesting to think about this this correlation and interrelationship of what's going on right now around relationships and isolation and this this real jump with companies focusing on on mental health. So I think you're you're in the right place at the right time. And I, I I'm seeing people at all levels in the organization really craving it. You know, again, whether it's downloading a mindfulness app to working for a a coach for the first time. I, I listened to an interview that you just did with your CMO last week. And I think you shared a story where someone said, I spoke with a coach and, you know, this is the first good night of sleep or real night of yeah. sleep I've gotten since this pandemic started. Yep. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, that feedback is like what brings us to work every day, right? We just get the overwhelmingly positive feedback and it's just those little things like someone feeling like they have someone to talk to, especially if they're feeling like they are, you know, lonely and isolated, feeling like they have someone who they can trust and talk to who can help them just talk about things that are going going on in their life, which ultimately might allow them to sleep better at night. Um, a simple thing like that. Yeah. One of the things that has helped me um, get through this pandemic is, is focusing on rituals. And it's a a topic that's really, you know, I'm really passionate about. I'm writing a new book on rituals. Rituals give us a sense of of psychological safety, a sense of belonging, and also a connection to to purpose. And I think about rituals both at home and and at work. And I'd love for you to maybe share, do you have a personal ritual that's that's very meaningful to you or any company rituals at Modern Health that you'd be willing to share? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I have have a lot of rituals. Um, So I feel like for me, there's a number of things, right? To feel connected and feel like you get time to outside of just staring at a computer and just tethered to technology. And so for me, it's about every single day I wake up, I take my dog for a walk with my, my fiance. We leave our phones at home. We go to the park, we walk our dog, you know, we enjoy quality time together and just being outside, right. And being in nature, um, it's those little things that can be so, so powerful to set, set you up for a successful day. Um, so from that to, I'm a big fan of, uh, meditation. So I like to do my meditation every day. I do something called TM transcendental meditation, which is 20 minutes. Um, but I find that it's incredibly helpful for clearing your mind and, and really getting focused for the day. But I'd say those are two, two big things that have, you know, really helped me, especially through this time. I'm also, uh, I love cooking. So cooking healthy meals is very therapeutic for me. I'm very active. Um, Pre-pandemic, I was still teaching yoga. Um, I'm a yoga instructor. And um, 
something that I made a commitment to even starting a company. I said, okay, I'm going to stay committed to um, this thing that I love, which is the yoga community and, and teaching um, in a studio that I love. So still finding time to stay active, whether it's going for a bike ride, a run, getting outside, um, doing yoga is incredibly helpful for me. And then on a, on a company level, I don't know if I'd call it a ritual, but one thing that, um, well, I guess we could call it a ritual. There's a couple things that I think really create that space for being vulnerable and really getting to know each other. Um, one thing that we've continued to do, even growing from you know 20 employees to now 90 employees, is we start every single all hands with, doesn't matter who, it's just five minutes open space of like someone tells something that's going on they're like never work related like share something from your weekend good or bad um and we do the same thing at our, all of our exec meetings we spend the first five to ten minutes talking about what something did on the weekend so we really remember that we're all human and at the end of the day while we all um are very motivated and driven in our careers and at work like our family our families come first our families are important our personal lives and our relationships are incredibly important to us. And so we should share that with each other, right? That's why we're here in the first place. That's what drives us, motivates us. Um, and so every time a new employee onboards at Modern Health, they share their they share to the whole company during onboarding um, who they are, fun facts, their background. They share pictures of things that they're passionate about, their hobbies. So we really get to know each other on that personal level. And then I'd say the last thing that is probably one of my like most cherished things about our culture and our company is we have this channel called Gold Star. And it's where people give each other shout outs and it can be about anything. And it is by far the most active channel. I mean, people posting it all day, every day of just like little acts of kindness or good that someone else does for someone. And it is so awesome to see how supportive everyone is and appreciative of everyone is of each other. Um, and it's not like, hey, this person did this thing that like advanced me or helped me. It's like, wow, I saw this person do this thing. And like, it's so awesome. They were so selfless and, and you know, maybe they took action or they were, they did something outside of the scope of their role. And like, I'm going to give them a gold star and a shout out because like, it was so awesome to see that. And it just shows that, you know, altruism and people really um, wanting to support each other and like highlight each other and celebrate each other is one of, one of the things that, you know, creates the culture that we have of, of being supportive and collaborative and um, like really being all about the team. And so that's like one of my favorite things about work, coming to work every day is like opening up that channel and just like seeing all the things that people say. And I've, have people been, been giving people gold stars during, during this work from home crazy time? Oh yeah, every day. There's like a new one every day. Let's see, I can go to it right now. Let's see the latest one. Um, I'll share one, you know, that from this morning. Huge gold star to Molly, Haley, Myra, Erica, um, for company's name, Resilience Week series, inclusive of nine webinars, two burnout playbooks for ICs and managers, and more recently a session for their black employees. We did a postmortem yesterday and the team was incredibly impressed and grateful for the support we were able to give them over the last couple of weeks. The chief people officer even reached out to Allison directly to express gratitude. Feedback was overwhelmingly positive and the only constructive feedback was around some Zoom issues. This is a huge win for the Modern Health brand, but more importantly for our community and people who are very appreciative of the sport. They're very excited to roll out to Modern Health. That's great. Wow. It's a great place to put it. And, you know, when I think about a ritual, one of my definitions is, would people go crazy if it went away? You know, wonder, you know, what's going on with our company? And it sounds like all of a sudden, if there was no Gold Star Channel, people, you It'd would be very sad. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you would hear from people going, what is going yeah. on, Allison? So it's a really yeah. ingrained part of part of your culture, which, which I love. Um, so my last question before a couple of fun lightning round questions is, you know, what do you do as a person that makes you feel most like you? 
Oh, that's a good question. Honestly, I feel like it comes back to like leading with vulnerability and just like being honest about who I am. And I think that one of the reasons for starting Modern Health was to create a space where it's okay to do that at the leadership level. And I certainly, like I, that's something that I consciously think about every single day. And I'm very open if like, I don't know how to do something or I need help. Um, and I call on my teammates and I think it, it really has created this culture where other people feel like they can lead with vulnerability as well. And I think in there, there's so many companies and jobs out there where people feel like they can't bring their whole self to work. Like this is exactly what, what you write about and what you're an expert in. And it just makes such a difference in how people are motivated, the impact that they have, how productive they are. If you feel like you can be yourself and bring your whole self to work, like it really allows you to be you. And I feel like that is probably like the biggest thing that defines me is like, I'll be very open of like, Hey, you know, Hey, I, um, my like brain is fried right now. Like, can someone else like, take the lead on this meeting? Like, you know, it just allows me to kind of, you know, be myself and share how I'm feeling. Um, we're like, I'm super excited by this. Like what other people don't seem excited. Like, am I overly excited? Like, I'll just kind of share how I'm feeling and my emotions. And I feel like that really defines who I am is like, you kind of always know, know how I'm feeling because I'm, I'm pretty vocal about it. Well, what's cool about that is that you've, in starting this company, you know, you've created a place where you can bring your whole self to work and you are doing it, which then opens the doors for others to, to do the same. So that's the pretty amazing place to, to be, to have created a place where, where you want to be and, right. and where you can be you. So I think, I think that's what many people out there, when they're looking for where they want to go to work, that's, that's what, that's what they aspire to. So, um, so yeah, that's very inspirational. So to conclude, just a couple of fun questions to get to know you even a little better. Uh, question number one, what's the best advice you ever got? The best advice that I ever got would definitely be that it's about the journey and not the destination. Uh, what is your favorite karaoke song? Oh, that's, that's a hard one. I would probably go with My Girl by The Temptations. <laughs> Good one. What's the last show you binged on Netflix? Oh, I am binging Money Heist. Oh my God, me too. I've heard of that. It's so good. Oh my God, Freddie. It is so good. Anybody listening, I hardly watch any shows. That show is so good. Um, And the last (laughs) question, that's so funny. First thing you'll do when you get out of quarantine. Oh my gosh. Um, Travel to the East Coast to see my family. Um, Get outside, go swimming in the ocean. Just like be outside as much as possible um, with my family and friends. Well, thank you so much, you know, using your word about your journey. I can't wait to continue to follow your journey, the journey of modern health, because I really do believe that you're, what you're doing is changing people, it's changing the business, and it's changing the world. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. But what about if you don't work at a big company with those kinds of benefits? That is where Jamie Alexis Fowler comes in, and I wanted to provide her perspective on this very, very important issue. So Jamie Alexis Fowler is the founder and executive of Empower Work, a nonprofit organization that provides immediate confidential support for difficult work situations via text. She's a seasoned leader with a track record of building agile, high-performing, healthy teams in all kinds of different organizations. 
Her work has been featured in NPR, TechCrunch, Slate, The Wall Street Journal, Fast Company, and Forbes, and, and the list goes on. She's a graduate of Vassar College with an MA from the London School of Economics. And I have to say, when I first heard about Empower Work and got to know Jamie Alexis, I was a little hesitant to think that there would be an opportunity to truly help people with these kinds of work situations via text. But Jamie Alexis proved me wrong, and I'm so excited for all of you to listen to our conversation today about Empower Work. So, um, Jamie Alexis, thank you so much for being here, and I'd love to kick it off. For those who don't know you and know your work, can you give us a brief overview of Empower Work? How does it work, and who has access, and, and all of those important pieces of it. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me. And Empower Work, to give a little context, is a national nonprofit with an overarching mission of creating healthy, equitable workplaces. And so we have this big vision that work is where we can thrive um, emotionally, economically. It has such a huge impact. And one of the ways that we support folks to thrive is by providing an SMS hotline for work issues. So workers, particularly to your point, who may not have access to resources or support, either in the place where they work or maybe in their personal network, can connect in over SMS or web chat with a trained peer counselor and talk through what they're experiencing. So if someone connects in, it's pretty seamless. You get connected in under two minutes. And the trained peer counselor talks through things like what's at stake, the emotion of the situation, what's really at the core of what you're experiencing dives into things like, what do you ideally want to see happen? Or what might be opportunities to address this in some way? And our goal is really to address the emotional complexities of what's going on to support someone's mental health and well-being, and to also support tangible steps um, in a path forward. That's pretty traditional for a coaching model. So I can only imagine, um, can you talk about what has been trending given that we're a couple months into this pandemic and we are in the midst of a tremendous amount of social unrest in the country. Have you seen your numbers go up? We have. Um, and so prior to COVID, we would see anything month over month between 15 and 25% increase in conversations month over month because we're a growing organization. And since COVID, we've seen anywhere from 25 to 45% um, month over month in terms of people reaching out the stress and strain of what people are experiencing is really truly unprecedented. You know, before COVID hit, we would see questions of, should I stay or should I go? And it was tied to really high stress levels, anxiety, a sense of feeling overwhelmed. Um, but now with the onset of COVID, the complexities of what's happening um, across the country from an economic standpoint to the, the structural uh, racial inequities that we're seeing in full display, this is, impacting people in really, really new and really, I would say, ways that the human uh, brain is not really built to process. Like we're not equipped to deal with this much information and this much emotional overload that so many folks have experienced in the last couple of months. And, and we're seeing that in conversations where people are saying, you know, someone who reached out a couple of months ago, a mom of three who lost her job in trucking. And she said, you know, at the end of the conversation, she said, I see light now where I could only see darkness. She thought she was about to lose everything. Um, and one of the important pieces was she wasn't familiar with the CARES Act and the changes to unemployment. Um, and, and how can you follow all this? Like we're hearing from texters um, every day that the inundation of information just makes it so challenging to figure out like 
where things stand, what's happening personally, what's happening with their employer. And ultimately that leads to just overall fatigue, stress, um, and real impact on mental health. Right. And there are so many people, especially in the demographic that you serve, are faced with this decision of potentially showing up at work and getting sick if there are not adequate protections and being forced to come in versus staying home and protecting their family and trying to decide, you know, if they can survive with, without that paycheck. And so I think for this demographic, it, this this the service that you're that you are providing to people, especially now, is 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 something that is it's so impressive. And I, I think that it will only continue to grow. You know, one of the things that this podcast is about, it's, it's about relationships and how relationships are good for business. And when I think about Empower Work, to me, it's highlighting, it's, it's, it's bringing connection and relationships to many people who don't feel like in that moment, they, they have that. And, and many of the stories really highlight that relationship between the peer counselor and the person. And I wanted to highlight one story that, that I read about, and maybe you can expand on it because it really, it really touched me. So this is, this is the quote from what I read. I reached out to Empower Work because I was at a breaking point. For years, I'd endured ongoing harassment and discrimination from my boss. I always hoped I would be the sort that if I had a bad boss, I would stand up and fight it. It was a hell of a lot harder than I ever imagined. And I think so many people feel like that when all of a sudden it's happening to them. And then the person goes on to say, I had no support at my work. I had no one to turn to. Connecting with one of the volunteers helped me in the moment to calm down, put the situation into words, concise in in texting, SMS, as, as you said, But this is what really touched me as I was reading it. She went on to say, what stuck with me was the person on the end asked me, what's going on to make you feel whole? And I just thought, you know, to have someone on the other line asking you that question to to get you to think about what's going on in your life in that moment, again, is priceless. So we'd love for you to you know, either expand on this story in particular or share some some other examples of, of how the counselors have really connected and built those relationships with, with the people who are struggling. Absolutely. It's someone once described it as magic. We have a we have a board member who um, is a longtime organizational psychologist. She's done all kinds of training of coaches and has this long um, career in helping to people helping people thrive. And when she and I first talked about empower work, she said, I can't believe you could coach people over text message, particularly at these really emotionally vulnerable moments. And now she's like our, one of our biggest champions, you know, she's on our board. And I think we see this, the transformation that happens in these exchanges is really profound and it's profound on both sides. I think it's profound for the, for the folks who are in need of support. And, you know, Catherine's example that, that you shared where she had known about empower work for a while, hadn't reached out. And then when she did, she kind of lays out, the process that for her following that question of what's going to make you feel whole helped her really tackle the different steps to what she was experiencing. And it took her, you know, six to eight months. So we're realistic that we don't solve everything in a text conversation, you know, but the the beginning of that process can happen when you have that connection. Um, and volunteers say, you know, that they feel incredibly um, energized, motivated, moved, um, 
really leave the conversations too in a, in a different state because they can see the evolution of their support in real time in those conversations. And so you can move, you can see someone move from feeling complete and utter darkness to light to the sense of no hope whatsoever to having a sense that there's possibility going forward. And that's so meaningful, I think, for for the folks who are volunteering to see like I've made a difference. It's very I think it's very rare in life that we sometimes experience that direct impact that we're having with one another. And you'll see things shared like one person who connected with a volunteer at the end of the conversation a couple weeks ago said, you're like the big sister that I've never had. There is this relationship that's formed and, and a vulnerability that happens in a unique way over the system um, that I think is pretty unique. Yeah, and what I, what I took from this story in particular and, and there, this is, there's an article written about this and we'll put it, we'll share it with, with the listeners so they can see the whole story. And I'm, I, it leads me to my next question about how are the volunteers trained to be able to do this? Because what I took from this, this, this particular peer counselor was able to calm the person down in the moment, deal with some very specific things, um, practical, here are some steps. Um, here's what you might consider saying to HR and, and, you know, and let's sort of calm the situation down. But, but then simultaneously and, and over a longer period of time saying, I also want you to think about some of these bigger picture issues and, you know, what do you need to make you feel whole? So it's this combination of practical in the moment and then aspirational big picture. So is that part of your, of your training of coaches? Absolutely. And that's part of the gap that we saw when we first started Empower Work. So we we saw that there was essentially this huge, um, I would say, inequity in the system, which is that folks, particularly who were underrepresented or under-resourced in their environments, um, didn't have access to resources. So either didn't have things within their employer or didn't have things personally. And also that what was available didn't really meet what they needed. So it's like, okay, well, you've got a legal reporting tool over here. Well, that might cover you if you're experiencing something legal, but you're not really sure if it's legal. And it certainly doesn't address the emotional complexities of what's going on. And so we built Empower Work to address both the emotional and the tactical components of what someone's experiencing so that they have a space to be vulnerable and talk through what's at stake for them. And they're, they, you know, different people make different decisions. Someone who's experiencing sexual harassment may want justice, they may want to take it to the press, they might want to, you know, pursue all the different routes, um, or they might decide, you know what, I've got three small kids, I just want to move on, I want to find another job, and I want to find a job that's in a safe spot. And each of those are totally valid decisions to make, and they're based on what's important to the person and, you know, what they have going on in life. And so we wanted to build a system for that. So to your question, our training incorporates all of that. It's essentially 20 hours of coaching training that builds on best practices that have been researched and vetted in the coaching field, combined with new approaches for Empower Work that are very specific to the U.S. workforce, the HR complexities that we see in, in U.S. workplaces. Wow. And, for, and for the listeners, I don't know if we were clear about this up front, but this costs nothing, that all you have to do if you are a worker experiencing any kind of stress, issues with your boss, issues with a colleague, issues related to you know social unjust and race relations, COVID, anything, you you text this number, which we'll give you at the end, and you have access to the, these peer counselors. So 
so I want to shift a little bit um, and then learn a little bit more about you. I mean, what made you start this? Um, you know, and, and we'll go from there. Well, I, you know, had long been a manager in different workplaces and had kind of become, I don't know, I'd say like a go-to for sort of tricky work questions. So, you know, people like sort of whisper network style would be like, oh, uh, go talk to Jamie Alexis about that. Like she is a good person to bounce ideas around. And I didn't have any formal training as a coach, but I'd done a lot of work as a manager and building practices within companies. And one particular night I connected with a, a young woman who I leveraged the heck out of her LinkedIn network. Um, and you know, we didn't know each other personally, but it was one of those like introductions through an introduction through an introduction. And we were talking on the phone through the situation she was experiencing. She was first generation to go to college and her family. She was first generation to join the tech industry. And she really, you know, from her perspective and from a family's perspective was in this place of like, she'd made it, you know, like she'd made it economically in ways that no one else in her family had. And yet all of that was on the line because of the situation that she was experiencing in her very small workplace. And it had taken her weeks to connect with me. And as we were sitting there having that conversation, I thought, oh my gosh, what she needed was weeks prior to this was, you know, probably more in depth than what I'm providing right now, you know? And I left thinking like, what a disservice to her and to so many people who are doing their best to try to sort through these things and, and don't have support. And so that didn't mean that there needed to be an organization. It didn't mean I needed to start about work. I was doing totally different work at the time. Um, but it really led me down this path of like, what do workers need at vulnerable moments? And that question really drove all of our initial research, all of our looking at the, you know, the market, the space. And really what we saw was this huge inequity that for folks who had access to resources, amazing and so great. And if you didn't, um, it really had this negative ripple effect that you would see, particularly for women and people of color across the rest of their jobs, across the rest of their careers, that they would see financial and um, emotional setbacks following these adverse experiences and not having support. And so we structured Empower Work to be available freely and accessibly to folks because we heard from people the, the power of like, I didn't have to fill out any forms. I didn't have to, you know, divulge information. It felt really secure and safe. Um, and so that's how we really structured the organization. I love it. And it's been around now for a couple of years. Yes, we launched nationally in 2018. So just over two years. Great. Now, do you um, do some of the coaching as well? I did originally when we first launched our pilot. <laughs> I, was, I mean, this is like super scrappy. So when we, when we launched, it was like, I literally posted a Twilio number around, you know, on like these like Office Depot flyers around San Francisco. It was, I thought it looked really sketchy. Looking. <laughs> I was just like, this is, this doesn't look real. And yet people would like take pictures. Someone took a picture. I was like, this is amazing. This looks so great. And in that pilot we had, it was me and a couple of other folks who would respond to the conversations just to test and see like, is this working? Is it not? Um, now we have volunteers all over the United States. We have actually volunteers all over the world. Um, which is really incredible to see. And folks commit about six months to volunteering. And on average, we see, we have volunteers who've been volunteering for over two years. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Well, it is, as I've told you before, it is on my bucket list to get trained to do this. So maybe this summer when things are a little bit slower, I, I think it's amazing and, and what you're doing for the world. So I want to end by asking one question that I ask 
all of my podcast guests, which is, it's, it's a personal question. And it, the question is, what do you do in your life that makes you feel most like you? I love that question. And I would say, can I say two things or does it have to be one thing? You can say two. <laughs> I would say the two, the two things for me are going for, we do these family runs sometimes in the morning. So I have a, an almost five-year-old and a partner. And we go on these family runs early in the morning through Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. And it's just this moment of like family and nature connection. That's really awesome. And then inevitably, because my husband is a much faster runner at over six feet than me, we separate. And then I have my kind of solo meditation time, uh, which is, which is really powerful. And then, you know, finding joy. So the other thing for me is like, dancing in the kitchen to some fun music um, with with my son or just by myself. <laughs> um, especially I think at moments like these where the weight of the world is so palpable. I mean, I can, sometimes I just feel like I can touch the heaviness that we're all experiencing and um, joy can be such a radical act um, amidst all of this. And so I try to find some aspect of that radical act every day. Well, I love that. And it's a great note to end on. Um, I, yeah. And music, music has such a positive impact on, on people, little kids, big kids, all, all of us. So thank you for that. And just to close, you know, if, if people are listening that, that want to tap in, um, you know, and, and get some advice from one of your peer counselors, what is the number to text? And if people are interested in, in getting involved in other ways, how can they find you? Absolutely. So for anyone who's interested in learning more, um, you can do so at the website, which is empowerwork.org. You can start a web chat there. You can also learn about volunteering. You can also donate. Um, although we're free and accessible to all textures, it does have a cost for the service. Um, and so we really value folks who care about building healthier workplaces and are open to paying it forward with a contribution. And sometimes that's volunteering. Sometimes that's financial. And if folks need support and want to connect in, our number is 510 Six seven four one four one four. Okay, thank you so much, and I look forward to being in touch and hearing about your growth and all the people that you're continuing to help. So, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thanks, Eric. I really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in this week to Left to Our Own Devices. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you want to receive my monthly newsletter, text the word HUMAN to 66866, or you can connect with me by email at erica at spaghettiproject.com. Stay safe, stay connected, and I'll see you next time.